Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everybody. This is Natalie Abbott, and today I get to speak one more time with Jillian Dalberry. She is just a woman with a, a huge heart for for the gospel and just an incredible story. So, if you haven't listened to our first two episodes with her, you need to go back and listen to that because it is some good stuff. Um, But today we are going to be talking about our verse and talking about trusting God with our future. Um, So the verse that we have is, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And so in our first episode, we kind of just met Jillian and talked about her story. In our second episode, we kind of talked about how God really took hold of her hand and took her through a season of grief and hardship. And now we're going to talk about how God is taking hold of her hand and helping her to trust him with her future and help her through that. So welcome, Jillian. Hi, thanks for having me again, Natalie. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to hear. Uh, I just absolutely loved talking with you the first two times, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say um, about our verse and about trusting God. Let's just jump right in, because I, I know, you, like, I'm, I want to listen to you talk for a half an hour, but I know we only have like 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm going to ask you your first question. Um, is there a time that you felt like God was asking you to step out and trust him with your future? Yes. So the most recent thing that has happened that has been scary for us is I worked for my family's business for, and I did like marketing and design for my family's business for five years, almost five years, I think. And I just felt this really deep unsettling in my heart that it was time to do something different. And for years, I felt like ministry just kept growing in on my heart. And we kind of talked earlier about trying to pray that away. (laughs) Like, we're just not sure if that is what we want to do and want to spend our time (laughs) with and um, put ourselves in that position. But um, I kept trying to pray it away. And God just made the desire stronger and stronger. And he put the idea of even here on my heart and just finding God in these unexpected circumstances and um, which we definitely experienced through our loss and our grief. So I just felt like something was missing in my life and things just started changing in my heart. And so I felt like the Lord was telling me it was time to kind of go out on my own and start even here and just kind of see where, where he led me with that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess it was, Almost a year ago, I left my family's business and just started the even here thing. But I mean, we were walking into a lack of financial security. (laughs) We had, I mean, I had a very stable job. My husband's a teacher and our incomes are are both very necessary. And for me to kind of go out on my own and believe that this is what the Lord wants me to do is really, really challenging because it was, it meant giving up that worldly stability for Mm. spiritual stability. Now tell us a little bit about even here. You keep talking about it and I introduced it in the the last couple episodes, but for those of you who haven't listened to the first two episodes, tell us what that ministry is about. 
Yeah. So even here is the basis of it is just finding the goodness of God in our unexpected circumstances and in our unfair circumstances too, Mm. because we experience these things in our life and we're like, how could God have chosen this for me? How could he have thought that this is what I needed in my life? Like, this is hard. This is traumatic. This is tragedy. And it's hard to, our first inclination is to say, why God? Like, why are you doing this? Well, how could this be a part of your plan? But finding God's love and grace and mercy and goodness through those hard times builds this stable foundation of love with him that to me is unbreakable. I feel like once Mm. you establish that and you're able to find him in the hardest moments, you have built a bond with Christ that, I mean, watch out Satan. That is dangerous territory for him. (laughs) I just feel like it's it's right. such a powerful thing. It's a it's a mm-hmm. really really powerful thing. I love that. Watch out, Satan. That's right. You got nothing over here. <laughs> Throw it at me, and it don't matter. I love it. So, how did you discern that this is what God was calling you to do? My initial answer is a gut feeling, <laughs> but obviously, <laughs> the gut feeling is the Holy Spirit. I just felt right. like. And I felt this unsettling. And this wasn't the first time that the Lord had unsettled my heart. So there was a level of history with God and a level of trust through that history that I was able to tap into. But all of that decision-making was not short of a ton of prayer with my husband and without my husband and with wise counsel and just talking it through with people and then just digging into God's word too. I love that. So for those of you who weren't paying attention, wise counsel, prayer, digging into God's word, you know, that's, those are ways that we can really discern God's calling. Like take that, put it in your back pocket and pull it out later when you're trying to figure out what God wants you to do. So how did that play out in your marriage? Like you're talking about here, you're married to this extremely wealthy teacher. (laughs) (laughs) My husband used to be a teacher. I know, I know it's a very lucrative profession, but he he (laughs) gave that up to be a pastor, which is far more lucrative. Um, Right. (laughs) Anyway, so you're, so you're, you're saying to your husband, I feel like God is calling me to give up my stable financial situation, this job that I have that I can rely on to do ministry like how did that play out my husband is so wonderful let me just say that he is (laughs) so gracious this isn't the first time that I had approached him with a an idea like that the first time that I said that was several years ago when I had quit my my that at that time very stable design corporate job to work for my family business so we had kind of been through that talk before but Man, the Lord was so present in his dealing with me, in my husband's dealing with me, because he just sat down and he said, okay. He's like, first of all, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it with our people. Let's pray about it together. Let's pray about it separately. And let's really try to figure out where God wants us. And it wasn't just me. He said, "Where?" he didn't say where God wants you. He said where God wants us. And that to mm-hmm. me was so loving. Like you're not in this alone. You're not making this decision alone. You're making this decision with me and with God. Like we are all a team together. And I, in that moment, I just felt like, I just felt the Lord. I felt the Lord in, in the presence of my husband. And that was so, so wonderful. And 
my husband sounds like a saint right now, but obviously it was really hard too. <laughs> he's just a man, right? He, he's, he's still just a normal man. And he, um, he's, we both have questioned the decision over the past mm-hmm. year because things have been hard and not everything goes according to plan. Obviously that is just the story of everyone's life. And mm-hmm. you know, the concept of even here, like even here, God is still present. He is still carrying out his plan. He is still taking care of us and he is still providing. And that is something that we have had to cling to together. But I will say that in the hard times of how, where is this money going to come from? Like our, our son needs glasses. How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to pay for these emergency room bills? Like when all of those things come crashing down and you're trying to navigate it together, the best advice I can give you is just to pray. Prayer is such a powerful thing. And when we would sit down and just talk about it together and pray that God would provide and pray and praise to God because we knew he would provide, that was paramount. That's awesome. So here you are doing this ministry with this not quite saint husband. Um <laughs> But what you're doing is so counterintuitive. It's so against the grain of what people would expect for you to, to have in your life. Do you ever feel like that? Like, like man, I am the, it's such a weirdo over here doing this? Yes, all the time. <laughs> um, I have, my, my parents are divorced and they're both remarried. So I have a million stepbrothers and sisters mm-hmm. and all of them are doing really, they all have stable jobs. <laughs> they all have really wonderful jobs that support their family well. And they're just all secure and it, or at least it seems that way, right? Like mm-hmm. we look at everybody else's situations and we're like, wow, that's just, uh, we wish we had that, or mm-hmm. that just seems really stable. I'm sure they don't deal with that struggle or they don't worry about those things. And it's hard because obviously our parents want a stable life for us and we want a stable life for our kids. And so that desire is not gone for me. However, when I have done things that have been a certain way, like working in the corporate world and only having, (laughs) only having one job, I feel like when I'm doing a million things, I feel the most myself, but I also feel the craziest. And, but when I'm, when I'm doing that one thing that feels really stable and really secure in the world standards, my, every single time my soul has felt like it was dying a little bit and I'm not exaggerating. I have just always felt like I can't do this. And I attribute that to the Holy spirit inside of me saying you weren't made to be normal. You weren't made to find stability in the world. You were made to find stability in Christ and to share that with everybody and to share that message with the people who need to hear it. Mm -hmm. It's a calling. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, um, we are in ministry and we are in education. (laughs) Our family is. And so it kind of seems like, why why did you guys choose that? that? Like, why did you decide to walk away from all of these other opportunities and, and, and kind of live in this less stable life? But if they only knew, like the stability that we have within our family through even the hard times that we've had, like we have such a a clearer view of heaven because of the hard times that we have. And that to me is worth every single financial worry, (laughs) every single of wondering, every single moment of wondering where that next dollar is going to come from and all of those things. It's worth it because 
we feel Christ so deeply in our home because we cling to him daily. So this verse, um, how does that help you understand, I don't know, God's presence with you and his help of you? When I read scripture, I almost always look at the different versions and the different words that are used. And what I love for this verse is the message version. And it says, I, your God, have a firm grip on you. I am not letting go. Don't panic. I am right here to help you. And I can't tell you how many times I've panicked <laughs> in this in this season of life right now, just panicking like over things that matter and don't matter. But mm-hmm. just knowing too that God has a firm grip on me. How many times, like when I when I said in one of the previous episodes about my faith feeling like it's three steps forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. It feels like the Lord has got a hold of my shirt collar (laughs) and he's like, I'm not letting go of you. I've got your back. I've got this situation. Just trust me. I love it. So how would you encourage our listeners to um, go and do likewise? Um, Not necessarily to do exactly what you're doing, but how do we trust God in similar ways? Trusting God's sovereignty in everything. He is the king of the world, the ruler of all, and the king of our hearts. And we were made for heaven. Like this is not our home. We Mm. did a study, um, and even here, um, with Hebrews 11. And if you just bear with me, I'm going to turn there real quick so that I can say something about what we went through. Okay. So it talks about like this whole chapter, Hebrews 11 is about, um, having faith. I have really struggled with faith. I have really struggled with figuring out how do we build it? Is it a gift from God? Is it something that I possess? Is it something that I can get more of? Where can I go buy some more? Like Mm. homegirl needs some more faith up in here. And (laughs) I, as I read this chapter, it was just so clear to me. And even towards the end where it says, and all of these though commended through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. To me, that is speaking so clearly about Jesus. And it's saying, if we can remove our minds and our heads a little bit from thinking about all the little details of what we're doing and how everything's going to work out, and really focus on the fact that we're not even made for this world. Like, Mm -hmm. I know we're worried about how about the fact that our, our electric bill is $50 more than it was last month and how are we going to afford that and our kid needs new glasses and oh that's $40 more than I thought it was going to be or $300 right. more than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we kind of remove ourselves from that a little bit and we remind ourselves that at the end of the day what matters is the fact that the battle has already been won, then we can remind ourselves that God's got us taken care of. Clearly, if, if we already know that our salvation does not depend on us, but it has already been purchased for us and bought for us by the blood of Jesus, don't you think that we can turn our headspace around a little bit and think, okay, well, God's going to figure out how to, how to take care of that. God's going to figure out, I mean, $40 is nothing to God, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. those little perspectives and little things. I know that that sounds really minute and, and kind of silly even, but yeah. We live in that kind of life. We live in that kind of world where 
all of these really small details, we get hung up on them and we just obsess over them and our anxiety runs rampant. But when we can kind of cling to the basis of why we're even here, you mm. know, purpose in all of it and sharing the fact that this is not our home, there is something better for us than this. I just feel like that's where everything begins. Awesome. That is such a great word. Oh, well, Jillian, I wish we could talk longer, but we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for just sharing your heart with us and, and your honesty and your vulnerability. And um, just really, those of you who haven't listened to all episodes, you should go back and listen to one and two because they are really powerful. But thank you, Jillian, and God bless you and all of your endeavors. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for being so gracious with me today. <laughs> you as well. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.